so Luke, everyone, for those that you don't know, we're we're doing this a little different now. Uh, we're just gonna talk, and then uh, we'll we'll mix things in there eventually uh, for our friends at Coin Beast. But uh, Luke is now stateside. For those that don't know, um, and amazingly, somehow his internet is worse stateside than it was uh, in the. <laughs> it's it's worse stateside than it was in Australia because he's much more laggy. So I'll, I'll, there'll be awkward pauses, but uh, bear with us. We apologize about the awkward pauses. I'm blaming this on the uh, cheap and dinky uh, hotel Wi-Fi. Um, so any lag. <laughs> At the episodes um i apologize it's definitely on my end and not Corey's, but it's good to be back and finally ripping another weekly edition of bitcoin breadcrumbs with my good friend Corey. um and yeah. it's nice to be recorded in the same country for us i know i know and then we're going to do it in person before you know it i mean we got to do it in person um, Bitcoin. in fact i did i tell you about the thing that's going to be happening in pittsburgh no a little like teaser so i got asked to like speak or potentially just uh moderate or something at this this uh bitcoin mining thing um that uh has like a lot of oil and gas people in pittsburgh coming out um so yeah i'll 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 talk to you about it off air but uh but yeah you'll have to come out for that and uh we could sit down and and uh do an in-person episode and there's a pretty uh decent um uh, guest lineup that they have and the one in particular i know that the audience will love so uh but anyways um on to the things that are going on in the world right now i mean there's literally not much going on very very calm simple <laughs> life in the world uh but uh holy crap so since the last time we recorded a bitcoin breadcrumbs um so we'll touch on this later but the canadian trucker convoy and all that uh, craziness. Um, but right now, the more pressing issue is what the hell is going on in uh, Russia and Ukraine. And uh, I don't know, how did you feel about like, just on like the personal, like humanitarian side, like it just seeing that stuff makes me sick to my stomach, you know? Um, I don't know if you were up watching that or what, anything like that last week, whenever it was all going down. Yeah, no, definitely from the humanitarian kind of side of thing, it's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. It's what probably the the biggest or the uh, greatest act of war since World War Two. So it's it's a pretty uh, pretty crazy ordeal. Um, certainly not something you you'd like to watch. But um, yeah, I mean, I try not to dive into the the footage of it all too much because I, I personally think it's all a little bit. Uh, I won't say orchestrated, but I, I think a lot of there's lots of things that I'm seeing out there that kind of suggest there's lots of different angles that have been played with this war at the moment, and it's horrible that people are getting killed um, in the middle of this uh, crazy, crazy, crazy event. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a complete psyop. <laughs> you know, like there's people that think it's like completely created, and I'm like, that's not. I mean, like they're not that good at, at their uh, their manipulation. They wish they were that good at the manipulation, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just um. So let's get into that a little bit. Uh, you know, what are you seeing? So as we're talking now, Bitcoin surged today, like fifteen percent, um, up to forty three thousand. Which, by the way, I mentioned this on the on the rip that I did uh, 
myself. By the way, do you like the name of that tidbit? I don't know if you saw that. I do. I do. Um, and I, I mean, people are listening. I don't know. I, I don't even know what I say. I like, I literally just like recorded it and then literally uploaded it and went to bed. <laughs> I was like, I, I have no idea what I even said. I, I, I think I dangerously came close to being misogynistic. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's okay. Don't worry about it. How many people live in Canada? Is it 50 million people live in Canada? And if you attend a freedom protest, you're a racist, misogynist, uh, leftist, uh, white supremacist. So uh, don't worry about potentially tiptoeing across that line, Corey. And I think it was just a joke I said too. It was just a joke, but it was like, you know, I was like, uh, because I started talking about Valentine's Day and how it's like a scam, <laughs> and I made some <laughs> kind of joke, and I was like, well, I got, like, let me reel that in a little bit because people might take it seriously, and who knows nowadays. But anyways, um, so yeah, so the um, uh, so the I, I mentioned it on there, but I don't want to brag too much about this because I don't think trading is a good idea at all, and nobody should do it. But dude, I nailed that. I nailed that trade like completely by accident. They, for the house. People don't know what I'm talking had- about. For yeah, we we had to sell Bitcoin to put a down payment on a house and then buy another one. And then we didn't sell ours until um uh last week. And we were actually supposed to sell it on Friday on the 18th of February. And I was gonna immediately turn it into Bitcoin. And the price at the time was like 42k. And I ended up sniping it at like 34K. And like, it just, I was like, holy crap. Like, what are the odds? So um, uh, ridiculous timing. But I use that as a cautionary tale for anyone because I literally have no, like, it was just, I decided ahead of time when I had to sell, I'd sell. When I had to buy back, when I got the cash back, I'd buy in. It's impossible to time it like that. It's literally impossible. Nobody saw that coming, you know? Like nobody saw the price dipping down that low. Like we, when in November, end of November, when we were at like 58K, did you think that we were going to go back to the 30s? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely no, no chance. Um, I was very loud and vocal saying when we're in the 50s and 60s that we were going straight to 100K. I I stand here on our little podcast uh, well and truly wrong on that call. Um, But I mean, it it happens. And I think that's what markets do. They punish. They punish what uh, most people think. Um, It punishes the majority. And I think um, I shared a tweet the other day of, um, it was a chart that tracked all of the previous invasions or act of war over the past 50 to 100 years. There was six or seven of them. So obviously the Korean War, uh, the Afghan War, uh, there was a couple of other invasions. But what the, what this tweet did was it overlaid um, the price of stocks over when the actual invasion of the country happened. And generally when the invasion, when the invasion happens, uh, so when the United States goes to Afghanistan or when Russia invades Ukraine, that's when everybody's most fearful. Uh, that's kind of like max pain or ma- max panic. And generally that's actually when the markets have bottomed. It's like six out of six times, every single time there's been an invasion um, over the past 100 years, you actually should be buying stocks or in this case, you should be buying Bitcoin the day the invasion happens. Um, so that's just a bit of a side tangent there, but that kind of gets into the sentiment of the market. The market always punishes uh, the majority of people. And obviously when Russia invaded Ukraine, 
the majority of people were fearful. Everybody was selling stocks. Everybody was selling Bitcoin. And you, you've seen what's happened in the, uh, what, four or five days later, Bitcoin's bounced back, what, 20 or 30%. Stocks bounced back really hard too. It's crazy. Um, I mean, so I was wondering whenever people were talking. So like we talk about like with Russia, and everybody was talk- getting all excited, like, oh, Putin is uh, getting on a Bitcoin standard, yada, yada. And they're making it, you know, they're passing laws in Russia to to make uh, Bitcoin what legal or whatever. I, they didn't call it legal tender. I don't know. Whatever Dennis calls it. I mean, I'm sure if I look through his thousands of tweets, there'll be one in there that mentions it. Um, but uh, sorry, Dennis had to say that. <laughs> it's just so many tweets. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, the only thing we're breaking on here is anybody's confidence in us to uh, put together coherent thoughts. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are jumping around all over the yeah. place. So let's yeah, let's let's stick with let's stick with Russia. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say earlier we skipped over it. A lot of people might be wondering why did Russia invade Ukraine. Like there might be some people listening, they they don't even know why Russia even invaded Ukraine in the first place. Um, obviously, Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union, so I think that's something worth mentioning. Um, and obviously, uh, Putin wants to kick NATO out of all of, all of those Eastern European countries along the Russian border. Um, the names escape my um, caffeine-deprived mind at the moment, but there's a few countries that NATO's populated along the Russian border. And obviously, Ukraine is like one of the most resource-rich countries in the world, especially for a country that's so small in geographic size. So I think I think Ukraine has like the second or third uh, most plentiful uh, natural gas reserves at the moment. Um, I, I think Europe receives 40% of its natural gas from Russia. And I think 40% of that transits through Ukraine. Um, so it's obviously a very kind of key um, kind of bottleneck in that natural gas um, pipeline from Russia to Europe. And then I think Ukraine as well. Um, what was the other thing about Ukraine? Oh, okay. There's only 40 million people in Ukraine, um, but they have enough agricultural capacity to feed like 600 million people. Um, oh, so they're geez. very, very large wheat producers, um, and now that Russia's taken over Ukraine, Russia controls like 25% of global wheat production. So there's a couple of little tidbits of why Russia uh, has, has actually decided to invade Ukraine. They're, they've been wanting to for a long time. Like uh, Russia invaded Crimea in 2014. Um, they didn't take the whole country of Ukraine in 2014. They took that little uh, southeastern part of it called Crimea. But um, now they've gone the full hog and they've taken the whole country. Um, and I mean, so this isn't me at all being a Russian apologist because it's like it's terrible what they're doing. Um, but I mean, like there's ways to avoid this type of stuff. I'm not an expert at all, but I mean, you know. If somebody said to me over the weekend at like a kid's birthday party, you know, somebody was just like, they were like, look, I mean, you know, everything that's going on, like, it's terrible. And like, you know, we, you know, don't want to see that happening. They're like, but how would you feel if like in the United States, if like Russia started setting up bases in Canada or Mexico, like how, like, <laughs> or China was setting up military bases, 
because that's what the U.S. was trying to do in Ukraine. Exactly. It's a little bit because, you know, uh, I think you got cut off there, but I think you're saying it was a little too close for comfort. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it you know, but it, obviously the answer is not war, um, which is why um, I think that, uh, you know, Bitcoin fixes this. We say that all the time, but um, but I mean, so. They want to invade. They want to take their land back. They want to secure themselves a little bit more on the political end. Um, but I, what do you think is going on? I think they're really eager to get off of the U.S. dollar. Like I think they're on an escape. I think they're they're looking for an escape valve. I think what they might accidentally be doing is pushing that into Bitcoin because, um, like Russia, wants control of their currency like if it, and if it's a russia china um you know kind of uh uh what's it called uh god jesus christ i shouldn't be drinking while we're doing this uh, yeah if they if they if if they're working together and um and they you know i mean china doesn't want uh their yuan to to be replaced by bitcoin um so, I mean, they might, but it's just really interesting. So, you know, I'm sure everyone that's listening knows, but like now, so like two weeks ago, was it that there was like all the breaking news about, about uh, Bitcoin, you know, getting put into like past as like something legal in Russia. Um, and honestly, that maybe should have been the canary in the coal mine and, you know, let us know that something was up because, obviously russia was planning this for a while they're planning this um you know they didn't just wake up and decide to do it um and they knew that there were potential sanctions with swift and all that kind of stuff coming down um so to me it just kind of makes sense that they would be planning ahead and thinking okay we need more on and off ramps um for our currency for our ability to do trade um so what do you th- what are your thoughts on that because i mean we really haven't got a chance to even talk too much just one on one about that like do you think that's what russia's doing here and trying to circumvent the us dollar yeah you read my mind this is where i was going to go next um the kind of global macroeconomic implications um i i think it's absolutely massive i think russia's been trying to circumvent the us dollar system for all of 10 years now, um, like since 2008, central banks around the world for the first time in 50 years actually started accumulating gold instead of uh, US dollars in their treasury reserves. That was massive. First time in 50 years, central banks have been accumulating gold ever since 2008. It was almost as if central banks around the world uh, came to the realisation that, you know, the US dollar is, doesn't have the long-term same power, power that it does. Um, so that's central banks overall. And then Russia more specifically, they've been very, very vocal about dumping all of the US dollar debt. So I think in the 2021 Davos meeting, uh, Putin went there for the first time in 10 years in 2021. And he said, look, we're dumping the rest of our US dollars that we have. And we're getting away from the US dollar centered central banking cartel led, um, economic system. He said it very blatantly and very straight to the people at Davos. And that shocked a lot of people and a lot of people thought he was exaggerating, but he, 
he clearly wasn't. Um, so there's that. There's that. That's another kind of point. And then something else that should have given everyone. Oh, there's another thing as well. Russia, Russia's. Um, so they don't have any U.S. treasuries in their treasury reserves. This was before the invasion. Um, and then on February the fourth, so three weeks ago, uh, Russia set up a thirty-year. Um, oil deal with China and the currency they were settling in was actually euros, so not US dollars. Um, that's that was absolutely huge. Um, and that's when did that, that happen exactly? February 4th, yeah. So, I mean, I remember seeing that headline and like that was my uh oh, like <laughs> something's up. Mm. Um, because you know, I've said this to people before, but like you look at um. You know, you you read the articles about the petrodollar from Gladstein and and just kind of study that whole situation and um and you know Saddam Hussein was uh but he switched over to accepting uh, euros for oil and within three months the United States invaded his country and hung him. Yeah. Um, so like you know, it's just something that's been in my mind for a while. And then, like, all of a sudden, I see that headline, like, oh, shit. Like, last time somebody did this, it didn't go too well. Because um, the same thing Gaddafi did. He was going to accept gold for oil. And what happened yep. then? Um, so it's just, the I was like, as a person who prefers peace, I was, like, reading that. And I was like, oh, damn it. Like, damn it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I kind of had a feeling something was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be this bad, though. Yeah, well, we've been kind of. Oh, he's a little bit of a side tangent, but we've been kind of. Um, I think the last BBC we ripped, um, we we're talking about the Fed attempting to raise rates, and I was saying I don't know what it's going to be. Whether it's going to be Omicron variant variant forty three or another wave of coronavirus, or whether something's going to happen, but an excuse is going to come along that's going to allow the central banks to not raise rates and continue printing money because that's exactly what you need with government to debt to GDP ratios at above 130%. Um, like that's, I keep saying this, that's the only thing that matters this decade. You're watching the largest sovereign, sovereign uh, debt bubble crisis in human history. Um, and everything from coronavirus to wars, whether they are, we won't even go into that. I won't have a strong opinion on it, but whoever is funding what side of any wars anywhere, um, I think it's all just a distraction to justify monetary debasement and reset the financial system. Um, And we were talking about the last uh, BBC um, episode. Um, So there was that little tangent I wanted to throw in there, but. Well, I mean, yeah, let's like, let's dig into that a little bit because, um, you know, I think what they do is they take advantage of real situations. You know what I mean? Like coronavirus is a pretty nasty flu that doesn't go well for people that have comorbidities. Let's just like, let's on a very surface level, let's, you know, we can say that um, obviously healthy people, young people, you know, all that kind of stuff would be fine. But um, so it's a, you know, it's an actual thing that's going around. Um, but like, in any other scenario, like it would just be like a thing. It would just be like, you know, 
be something that people are getting sick with and taking minor precautions. Um, I don't know. It's just, I think they use these things and they ramp it up to, uh, to distract us from what's really going on. Um, because honestly, did you listen to the uh, Majid Nawaz, uh, Joe Rogan episode? I've listened to bits and pieces. Um, that is actually, that's, uh, I'm, that's actually part of what I'm doing for my other job. Um, I, I get to go back and watch that episode um, because we're covering that in a video. But what, do you, have you watched the whole thing? Oh, yeah. I, so I, um, wow. I, I listened to it. I think I said this during the rip that I did by myself, but, um, but I, I uh, had to, right before the closing on our other house, I had to go back and forth between our two houses with like a, a, a U-Haul truck and um, just bring a couple things out. And uh, so I spent like four and a half hours in the car um, and listened to it the whole time. And I felt like I was learning information that was making it dangerous for me to be alive. Like, it was like, you know, like you ever seen like a movie whenever like, it's like, there's that like random guy that like learns something that he's not supposed to know. And then like, you know, like the powers that be are like, well, obviously now we have to kill him because, you know, he knows too much. And like, that's how I felt like during the whole episode. But I was like, and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to get sideswiped. And like, you know, but like, obviously they, you know, it's like there's like 50 million people that are listening to this. Um, but yeah, it, um, I don't know. I, it just, Look, it I all... mean, the world economic. Oh, no, I was going to, yeah. Sorry. The, no, no, yeah. The World Economic Forum. Like, I actually was going to tweet, I'll tweet something about this, but like, I feel like it's the end. It's like, towards the it's in the third act of a season of like a tv series where like you know you didn't know who the big bad was that was pulling all the strings all along so it was like the big bad was you know at first it was you know the virus and china and then it was trump and then it was you know the political situation and it was all the you know race wars in the united states and you know all that kind of stuff and then it got pushed into um you know it got pushed into like the focus was on biden and the vaccines and the anti-vaxxers and all this stuff and then it like it was going back and forth back and forth back and forth and you're just trying to figure out like who is the bad guy here and then all of a sudden klaus schwab was very proud I'm very proud of Prime Minister Trudeau and all the other people that we have, young leaders of the World Economic Forum who are pushing our global agenda. And it's like, what the hell? Like, and you just realize you're like, oh, this is it, man. This is it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to lag. All roads lead back to the World Economic Forum. And this is what I keep. I'm trying not to have a strong opinion on Ukraine and Russia because obviously it's a horrible situation. I haven't looked into it deep enough to have a very strong understanding of what's going on. So I don't want to have a strong opinion on it, but I just find it awfully coincidental that um, Putin is a young global leader from the World Economic Forum. He did their young global leaders program. And so did the president of Ukraine. I think that's awfully interesting. And I think the countries that have had the most draconian lockdowns, like Australia with our president, Scott Morrison, New Zealand with their president, uh, Jacinta Ardern, and obviously Justin Trudeau, they're also all members of the young 
global leader program put together by Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. So um, it's I, I look forward to watching that whole interview. Klaus Schwab, who is he not a Rothschild? Bingo. I mean, I, I just I don't like the conspiracy theorists are just crushing it right now. Like have been knocking it out of the park and um, you know, it's uh, it's just getting a little weird. Um, you know, it, it, it's like the weirdest part. Uh, like, so this is, I mean, I guess on topic, but uh, all the plebs, I think you'll appreciate this conversation because this is what's going on in all of our minds on a daily basis. But like, Bitcoiners are the only people that saw all of this stuff coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like nailing everything where it's like six to nine months ahead of when it happens. Like you were expecting these things like, oh, this is this is going to melt down. Like this is this is the next thing that happens, you know, like where everybody focuses in Bitcoin on like, what's the price going to be? and Where's it going? But like as far as the macro like world situation, like bitcoiners nail it like they know where it's going let's uh, let's do another prediction live on air and circle us back to finishing up on the the uh the ukraine russia thing because i think there's one more angle we haven't tackled um here's a prediction for the next six months you're gonna get a cyber attack and they're gonna blame it on russia and china um i think that's ridiculously clear like the world economic forum held that cyber polygon uh again quote unquote for anyone listening in, uh, simulation uh, back in mid-2021. They were saying, what would happen to the global financial system if it got cyber attacked? Um, And then obviously in November 2021, the International Monetary Fund held another one of these simulations, um, again, quote-unquote, simulating what would happen to the financial system um, if it were attacked by a cyber attack. Um, the, all the writings on the wall. So we're going to see one of those in the next six to nine months. Yeah, well, um, so did you see this headline? No, oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but it's just really no. So this within the last ten hours, all Toyota plants in Japan halt production due to apparent cyber attack. I didn't that, see that. That was today. Wow! So, I saw cyber attacks hitting a big American company today as well. I didn't. I didn't have the time to investigate. Yep. So yeah, no, I, I think you're dead on, but go ahead, keep keep going. Yeah, he was this is what I forgot to bring up earlier. Um actually have you got any thoughts on the cyber attack angle before I kind of circle us back around? Um yeah, no, I, I think that it's gonna happen. It's um because you know, I I think I forget where I said this, but like it's you know, we're staring in the face of pure evil. And yeah there's a reason that they're telling you what they're going to do because they have a hubris. They have, they have an ego they have to feed. And one of the greatest sins is, um, you know, this, there's the seven deadly sins. One of them is pride. Um, one of the greatest sins is pride. And so if you believe in evil and good, evil cannot help but be proud like you know like overly proud like there's nothing wrong with being proud about something but like uh it becomes sinful and and wrong whenever you're like you're defending you're doing things just for your pride and 
they can't help themselves but just shine a light on themselves and be like, look at me, look what I'm doing. I'm about to do this and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Um, it's just, uh, it's with their hubris. It plays into it. So anyways. Um, no, what are you uh, talking about? Bill Gates is a philanthropist. He, he, he's a very good guy. He's just giving out bitch, vaccines. Bitch tits. That's what I call him. <laughs> yeah, I call him Bug Burger Boy. Bitch yeah. tits boy. We got we could think of lots of names for Bill Gates, um, um, but yeah, I I hundred percent agree with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, with the cyber pandemic, you know, it's funny because a friend of mine who um, you know is very libertarian, um, but he doesn't pay attention to this stuff as much as I do. And he was like, "Hey, what do you think is going on with this, this, and this?" And I said, "Well, you know," and I just like laid it out, and I said, "The next thing's going to be coming is the cyber pandemic." You know, and I said, it's going to be this. And they're going to try and put a passport on the Internet, <clears throat> on the Internet. And he was like, he texted me back and was like, holy shit. He was like, I literally never heard that term before. He's like, so I Googled it. And he's like, and it's everywhere. <laughs> it's like yeah. they're they're calling this. They're calling their shots. They're sitting there. Um, you wouldn't understand this because you're not uh, you're Australian. So I guess it would be like cricket. But there's this famous thing in baseball american baseball if you're familiar with that sport at all um where babe ruth have you ever heard the name babe ruth i've heard of that name yes yeah okay um so babe ruth was the like uh, the first home run king really of uh baseball in america and uh and there's the story of how he came up to the plate one time and he pointed his bat out towards the home run wall and called his shot where he was going to hit a home run and like hit it. So like, that's what they're doing. Like they just can't help. They walk up and they're like, and you know, if you're a New York Yankees fan who that's who Babe Ruth played for, you're going to get pissed about this. But Babe Ruth was this big fat slob that was like a womanizer and a terrible person. Um, and, you know, so he couldn't help but his hubris. He had the point. And so that's what Klaus Schwab is doing right now. He is pointing and saying, look what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to put a cyber pandemic on you and I will wear my Star Trek wardrobe. And, you know, anyways, I'm getting a well, little crazy. Like the, cons- the job as a conspiracy theorist and a very proud one um, at that. <laughs> I mean, um, did you bring your tinfoil hat to America? I didn't. I'd throw that. I'd throw so much. You gotta get a new one. Yeah, don't you worry. I will. I'll need one because I tell. I'm telling you, the theories are only going to get more crazy over the next few years. Uh, But like our jobs are easy because, like he's like he's saying, Clash what literally tells you what's going to happen. October 2019, what economic forum holds a cyber a simulation on coronavirus? Uh, July 2021, they hold a simulation on cyber attacks. Um, our jobs, our jobs, pretty easy, um, and it is completely hubris. Um, um, so yeah. So what did you want to circle that back to? Yeah, we just about touched everything on Ukraine, Russia, but this is something I've got in the back of my mind. Um, so when I well, first we saw about Russia, the bank runs, invade, by the way, but we definitely should. Um, when I first saw the Russia thing invading Ukraine, I was thinking, "Oh shit, here we go." Because Russia just last week came out and said, you know what, we're being a little bit friendly to Bitcoin. We're still going to try and truck it and trace it. Um, and obviously, non-KYC Bitcoins are no good. But we're we're gonna we're okay. We're open to it. We've got a strategic advantage. We don't mind Bitcoin. That was Putin's words two weeks ago. Then they invade Ukraine. I was thinking, oh shit, fuck sakes. 
the West is going to look at that and they're going to associate Bitcoin with Russia and the West is going to try and ban Bitcoin. But this is where I don't know what's going to happen because it looks as if Russia and China are teaming up at the moment. Um, like uh, even China yesterday came out and said, you know what, we're going to increase how much wheat we're importing from uh, Russia to help them out with the sanctions that have been placed on their economy at the moment. So China and Russia are teaming up, but you've got Russia who looks friendly Bitcoin and then you've got China who is anti-Bitcoin. So what I wanted to bounce off you is how does the West look at that? Um, I, I don't know how that's going to play out or the, what the West is going to think of that kind of dynamic and how Bitcoin fits into it. I don't know. I mean, so personally, that's why I spent two hours today moving Bitcoin onto hardware wallets. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I, w- I saw the Coinbase statement, you know, uh, old, old Bulbous Head actually did something right for the first time um, and, you know, told the United States that they weren't going to freeze accounts of people that were in Russia. Um, wow, I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, Brian Arm, Brian Bulbous Head Armstrong, uh, is uh, I and I try to, I try to not put this stuff out on Twitter because, um, you know, every time I go to tweet these things, I think of what my my mother is sitting there, um, in my ear saying, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Mm. And so, like, I sit there, I almost tweeted, like, hey, old bulbous head did something good. I mean, I have a huge head, so, like, I can't talk. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not as big as his. And somehow his just, his literally bubbles out at the top. And, like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's he's the first. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the first person in the world that the sides of the top of his skull are out further than his ears. It's amazing. Like, it's just, it's, it's weird. What's that? He has a really funny shaped head. You're not wrong. I've seen he's some ne- So this about- Coinbase will never be a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. we, we guarantee that. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, but even he came out and said that, they came out and said um, as a company that they weren't going to freeze accounts of people in Russia because the United States was trying to do that. Um, so I was very worried about that. I was very worried that they were going to like, there were going to be some sweeping sanctions where like, I mean, to me, it felt like get your keys off of the, get your coins off the exchanges, get everything you can into cold storage and like, get ready, get ready. This is it. You know, like, that's how I felt, honestly, over the last couple of days. I was like, this is the moment. This is the moment. You got to get it. And who knows? It could still happen in the next, you know, coming days. And we all know that it will happen eventually. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, go ahead. Would it, uh, oh, yeah, 100%. It could happen at any moment. Like, would it su- surprise you tomorrow if Putin comes out and says, you know what? We've been kicked off the SWIFT system, so we're going to accept Bitcoin for trade for all oil uh, companies. And then the United States looks at that agreement and the United States says, look, we need to confiscate Bitcoin off all of the American regulated exchanges and we need to store that Bitcoin that we're confiscating off exchanges 
because it's now a national security risk. So thank you, Grayscale. Thank you, Coinbase, uh, Kraken, Gemini. We'll take all that Bitcoin because it's national security. That's how they would do a 6102. So uh, oh, I yeah. think you're absolutely crazy if you've got Bitcoin on exchange. They've done it before, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, and the other thing, too, is like people think that it's like really expensive to move the Bitcoin from a wallet to an exchange. Um I take it from me. I I moved a lot today, um, and uh, just because I'm mixing it up and pushing it into all these different places and being super secure, and I just had my you know uh, cash, and also we have we have a bunch of this will be exciting for you plebs, but a little secret we won't say it out uh, loud, but we have different uh, hardware wallets. Let's just say they're competing for us. Um, yeah, we're getting hardware wallets sent to us to to try them out. So, uh, so I figured it was a good time to spread my seeds. Oh God, that was wow! That <laughs> sounded horrible. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, spread my. <laughs> I meant to say, but spread my keys and coins across with the seed phrase. Came into my head, and so I said, "Spread my seed." Uh-huh. Oh God! In twenty years, when my kids listen to this um, and go, "Oh, they're going to be like, oh my God, my dad said that, and that's so embarrassing." Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So I was, um, you know, moving a lot today, and the fee was like, I mean, you know, if you, anyone doesn't like, you know, the fee is the fee. It, it was like. 30 cents or something like that 40 cents it's not like yeah people people think that it's like i can't move it i don't know i feel better having someone else have control of my money blah 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 and it's like did you not see what happened with the canadian truckers like they will come after you they will freeze your accounts you are done for you are s-o-l shit out of luck and such an advertisement to get bitcoin off exchanges like the past two weeks you could be a, a, a single mother in Canada who donates $50 to something called the Freedom Convoy. That's what it's called in Canada, the Freedom Convoy. It's not some violent anti-government protest. It's called the Freedom Convoy. And if you're associated with that or if you even you don't attend it, you just send money to support them, you get your Bitcoin on exchanges frozen. I mean, if, <laughs> so if, they, if they're freezing those kinds of people's money, and they're also freezing the assets of a country that controls nuclear weapons in Russia. You you really you really don't think the government's going to come after you? And that's something we didn't touch on earlier. Um, central banks around the world have literally frozen all of Russia's treasury reserves. So they had like six hundred billion dollars in reserves held offshore, and that's all frozen. They can't access it. So again, that's another advertisement. Doesn't matter if you're. Uh, Russia, a nuclear-powered country, um, or if you're a little Canadian, um, if it's not your keys, it's not your coins. Like, get your bitcoins off exchanges. Not your keys, not your cheese. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay, so let's let's use that as a good tease to keep uh, people in tune. We will get to the bank runs and all that kind of stuff that's going down, but we are gonna do an ad read real quick um for our sponsor which is coin beast check them out uh what is the exact twitter handle luke it's coin beast 
Media. Is that what it is on Twitter at Coinbase Media? If you put Coinbase in, it comes up straight away. Um, so definitely give them a follow on Twitter because or the content is great. What's that? Oh, you're, you're no, no, no. So I was going to uh, say, if you can't find them on Twitter, go to Coinbase. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will do. So, yeah, uh, need support, need Bitcoin support? Book a one on one video call with a pro on Coinbeast Connect. Ask questions about mining, self-custody, multi-sig, how to run a full node, how to set up the Lightning Network, and how to accept Bitcoin payments. Simply go to coinbeast.com, select the pro, and find a time when you're available. It's that simple. Learning about Bitcoin has never been easier. I almost read, <laughs> I almost read the next sentence that had in the email that had the ad read that was completely unrelated to the ad read. <laughs> um, and... Uh, <laughs> And then, what's that? Oh, I just said it happens to the best of us. Our lag is uh, horrible at the moment, but I think. Um, uh, and then, oh, check out Movies Plus. Movies Plus. Um, go to mymoviesplus.com or go in the App Store, search for Movies Plus. Luke, I do not know. I know you're a subscriber, but I do not know if you've um, seen. We did actually finally add in the last. Uh, I think that went live on Friday. Um, so there's three Bitcoin documentaries on there. Oh, I think uh, Richard James. What's that? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So we have the Richard James ones, you know, the the three-part series um, where, you know, with the Guy Swan narration, um, money and state and all that. But no, the uh, Bitcoin FUD, um, that documentary that just came out, um that was on there and then uh yeah it just released though here's the funny thing about so i reached out to what's the filmmaker's name that made the movie i reached out to him on twitter to say hey can we get your movie on movies plus and he got back to me he said hey actually uh it appears that somebody on your team like reached out to the company that they represent that represents them for sales and like already acquired the movie. So like, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, like, and I looked and I looked in our files and like, and it was coming in, like it was getting delivered. So the movie, my team was already on it and we got the movie. And um, so that, and then there's the one. uh, So in 2015, uh, this guy made a documentary. It was called Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it, or something like that. Um, and then he made a follow-up one uh, that was called Cryptopia. I know it has crypto in there, um, but uh, it really does focus on Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, they're all on there. And so I recommend to people because uh, I'm not sure if they're on other platforms or if they are what they're on, but all the other platforms completely riddled with ads. It's going to take you twice as long to watch it. Um, no ads on our platform. And also you get a 30-day free trial. So check it out, um, and we are going to have a lot more Bitcoin content. And um, I actually might start putting just the podcast up there. Occasionally, we'll put stuff on YouTube, but like things that we've talked about in this episode will be censored on YouTube and get our channel canceled. Um, In the last episode I recorded, interview I recorded, was with somebody uh, in regards to the, um, the... 
uh, Canadian trucker convoy. So that will get canceled as well. So that will only be on movies. Plus Um, obviously you can listen to the audio podcast anywhere, but if you want to watch the video and see, um, see my, my uh, big bulbous head, then, uh, you know, you have to watch it on uh, movies plus, I think. Um, So anyways, enough about that. So back to, um, you know, what's going on with, uh, with Russia and we're seeing, you know, bank runs is that what i mean we're talking about people in canada their money was getting frozen um so yeah go into it a little bit what do you think what do you think is going to happen here because i saw videos today of people lined up around the corner in uh, russia to get cash out yeah i saw the same videos um and there's the same reports in ukraine i was reading a post uh just before we jumped on on twitter um, the, these poor people couldn't get money out of the bank to buy a car to flee Ukraine, uh, but they uh, they used Bitcoin to pay for the car, and that's the only reason they could get the car and flee from the area that they're at the at, at the moment where there's currently soldiers and all sorts of shit going on. So, um, I think it's only going to get harder and harder to get your money out of the bank over the next year or two, and that goes for every country. Like that's not just war torn countries. It's Countries like Australia, the United States, it's only going to get more and more difficult because people need to zoom out and look at what the end game is. By 2025, or I, I don't think fiat lasts that long, the global central banks around the world have made it very, very clear and loud that they want a global, uh, socially credit score-backed digital currency system. Um, they need to reset the current financial system because it's unsustainable, there's too much debt. Um, and their perceived idea or solution of how to fix it is with central bank digital currencies. So I think it's just going to get harder and harder to get your money out of the bank we cl- the closer we get to that actual date. So, um, God, I mean, I've, I've been living this way for, I don't know, four or five years now, but get all your money in a Bitcoin, not financial advice, and get it off exchanges into your own custody because the days come in and I think like things are escalating at a, at a serious rate. Like we saw Canada two weeks ago. Now we've got a goddamn hot war with Russia and Ukraine. Like things that dominoes are falling quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I tell you, a um, a uh, a sphincter puckering moment for anyone out there should be all the things that have been going on. Um, <laughs> oh, I got you with that. Yeah, you got me. All right. Uh, um, we we a little sidebar. Um, so I was in high school and college, a lifeguard, and um, we would play truth or dare or not truth or dare it was just dares because we were going off the um diving board at the pool and we would play chicken mm-hmm. basically and um you had to do whatever i forget how did we do that i think you got letters it was kind of like horse like basketball horse um but like if somebody did a certain belly flop like everyone else had to do it and if you didn't do it or chickened out at the last second, like as you were falling to like fall flat onto the water, if you chickened out, then you got a letter. Um, and I uh, forget my friend Pat did this one. Um, if, I don't even know. He, maybe he listened. I've, there's some friends from high school that have reached out and said they listened to the show or checked it out before. But Pat, if you're listening, uh, I won't give your last name. Um, but he called it the sphincter smacker. And he literally like, he just like, looks at me he goes 
I'm going to do the sphincter smacker. And I said, what? And he like runs off, dives up, jumps in the air. And he's like, you know, 15 feet up in the air over the water, pulls his like legs up and like has his hands underneath his knees, like with his legs up by like his head <laughs> and literally does a belly flop like on to his sphincter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and <that> like, was... <laughs> oh man, I was like, I was like, give me the letter, man. I'm not doing that one. I'm not, I'm not, I can't no. It's a little much. But anyways, you say that. What's that? No, you go. <laughs> that was a, no, uh, I was just saying the way it rolls off the tongue. The sphincter smacker. <laughs> so um, that's why people listen to this podcast because we give good information, but then there's also like stupid ass stories, and like I'll tell you the dumbest things that I've ever done in my life, and um. But anyways, um, so yeah, sphincter puckering moment was. Um, did you see the? Oh, you. I think I sent it to you. The the Super Bowl ad that we did for Movies Plus about the the trucker convoy and, um, you know, like why uh, God made a trucker and all that kind of stuff. And we said in the ad that we were going to. Well, I mean, we are, but we'll donate the proceeds um, that uh, use this. A certain promo code will donate the proceeds to the uh to the trucker convoy and then like two days later canada comes out and says that you're a terrorist if you're <laughs> donating to them and i was like oh shit like our company is <laughs> being called by the prime minister of canada a, a a you know funding terrorism from abroad you know and it's like so moments like that where you're just like, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, you get money off, it. Mm. get your money off of exchanges because um, I know like everybody says gradually, then suddenly, I feel like we're really close to that suddenly part. And, um, oh, and yeah. like, you know, I mean, if people were, are getting frozen out of their bank accounts, they're learning in real time that the only thing that they can trust is they can well not the only thing they can trust let's the only thing that they know they can't trust is governments and the governments are in control of their money the governments were in control of their information in control of their information so now they have the internet they have bitcoin both of those things are out of uh the control of the government and it's in the hands of the average joe that uh, can figure out how to put things into a hardware wallet and transact um and i think that scares the crap out of the you know the governments and the powers that be but uh i i just i think everybody really needs to think long and hard because i don't know what let's uh, not to get into a moon math scenario but seriously what do you think is going to happen when we have the gradually then suddenly part like do you, do we have a candle that goes from 60k to 100k in one day like i mean what what happens whenever all of a sudden governments are seizing your ability to get on and off ramps to bitcoin and so all of a sudden the scarcest asset in the world is all of a sudden even more scarce because it's actually really hard to get so like people would think like if governments are attacking it, the price is going to go down. But like, I don't know. I mean, I think that price is going to go really, really high if it's getting 
you know, confiscated. Yeah. Because, like most of the coins are in cold storage. <laughs> They're not moving anywhere. You know, what do you think? Yeah, I like 100% agree. Um, it's it's going to happen a lot quicker than a lot of people think. Um, I, like, obviously, I wrote a whole, a whole fucking 8,000 word goddamn article on exactly this topic. What does the price of Bitcoin do over the next five years? And how does Bitcoin monetize? It monetizes very quickly. Like, it doesn't get to um, $20 million a coin over 20 years. It doesn't happen like that where you get these perfectly predictable stock to flow halvings. Bitcoin runs up to, you know, 300K next halving, 85%. Bitcoin runs up to 800K on the 2028 halving and the 80% correction. It's not going to monetize due to um, certain catalysts like people losing trust in government. And that's what we're watching around the world. And it's also going to be, it's going to be a combination of things. It's going to be losing trust in government information, which is uh, what you rightly touched on about the internet. And it's people losing trust in government money with the fiat money. And it's going to happen really, really rapidly. And um, like you rightly said earlier, the government should be worried about it because it's going to create a revolution um, of which we haven't seen in 500 years since the separation of uh, church and state. Because once you go down that rabbit hole and you realize that um, government should be, shouldn't be controlling money and you, you want to personally separate money from state. It's a one-way rabbit hole. There's no turning back once you're orange-pilled. And I think once we watch 20 30% of the population get to that kind of ideology or thinking about governments and money and thinking about um, that kind of thought process that also comes from the kind of media and um, content they consume, it's, it, it, it will ignite a revolution and it's, it's going to happen a lot quicker than a lot of people think. Um, so I'm not sure if that was on base or off base, but um, no, I mean, next I, two or three years, strap yourself in, guys. Hold on tight because, I mean, I, I tweeted earlier tonight and said I think, like, you know, the stuff that's going on just really makes me think like <laughs> it's like man it's it's such a loony bin idea to say that satoshi's from the future um and i've always joked around with that and like it's a fun theory to throw around like oh yeah it kind of makes sense you know blah 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 um but uh it's like we're at the moment in history when people trust their currency the least in their ability to transact the least like people are very aware at this moment more than they've ever been before in the in human history there's that phrase god i hate sorry i don't know it's human history because everybody uses that phrase i heard that so many times on twitter spaces I mean, this is the most important thing in human history blah, blah, blah. um don't worry luke you were never one that did that um but <laughs> you know we, we just do you hear it all the time everybody comes on and tries to sound like so important we always think we're in the most important time ever but this is a really radical time this is a really important time in history mm-hmm. and we really are at a point whenever people have never trusted the government less they've never trusted their money less they've never trusted authority less so all of a sudden it's like I mean, Bitcoin could not have come along at a more perfect time because if you tried to drop Bitcoin now, if, if Bitcoin did not, if the white paper didn't come out in October 31st of 2008, 
and Satoshi decided to drop the white paper now, I think it's too late. Um, mm. It's at the right adoption curve. It was like, I mean, seriously, not to be crazy, but like the timing, it's like they, Satoshi dropped it at a moment with the financial crisis of 2008 whenever it was like, hey, this is a warning shot across the nose of the financial system. And not everyone's going to pay attention because not everyone, everyone just wants to go back to normie world. Um, but it woke up enough people and the right people paid attention and were like, hey, this Bitcoin thing sounds great. This is the way out. Um, you know, and then it picks up steam. And by the time the money printer overheats and just goes into overdrive in 2020 bitcoin has uh, has grown to the uh, has built a network that is so strong that it could withstand the things that were going to come and there was going to be different nation states adopting it some attacking it banning it china banning it you know the network was so strong that it could withhold all that so it's like the timing again works out perfectly and now here we are in 2022 and the U.S. took SWIFT and and decided to, I mean, the U.S. hasn't, I think, officially committed to it, but most of the West has said we're going to kick Russia off of SWIFT. And so SWIFT, they'll no longer be able to transact um, internationally. And it's like this moment where we've seen in Russia, in Canada, two countries on opposite sides of the world, all of a sudden... There's bank. There's lines around the corner at the banks. Um, people don't don't even think. Even if there's not a reason that you think that you would like, you're like, I would never donate to the trucker convoy. Blah blah blah. Why would I ever do that? And you could be like a hardcore liberal, but you have to be sitting there thinking. If you were like as left wing as they come, you have to be sitting there and thinking to yourself, you know what? I don't know how long they're going to be the government is going to be pro my stance in life, whether it's trans issues, gay issues, you know, uh, I don't know, women's rights, whatever it is, whatever it is that your point of emphasis is on social justice. Eventually, the government is going to turn on you. And I think people know that now. I think people are starting to understand and wake up to the fact that, you know what, like, you know, like they could be somebody that like hates all the truckers and everything and the anti-vaxxers. And they're like, you know what, like good for them. I'm glad they're getting their accounts frozen. But while I'm at it, I might withdraw my money and put it into something that the government can't control because it wasn't too long ago that they were, you know, pretty anti-gay. You know, like if you're, if you're, if, if I was a gay person, I'd be sitting there going, you know what, like I remember like 15 years ago, whenever you weren't so much in my court. And that can switch back really quickly. Like, that's one thing that, and not to get on a rant, but that's the one thing that the government, the government hates the average person. They don't like you. These politicians, so I cringe with anybody that's pushing politicians. They don't like us. They don't want what's best for us. We, as people, want what's best for us. Human beings, human to human, want what's best for us. Not these pieces of garbage that are you know, sitting there in political office, not these pieces of garbage who are puppets on TV, not these pieces of garbage that sit there with all the wealth and continue to confiscate our hard-earned time. They, they, they confiscate our time 
um, they don't care about us. And so why, like, I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that like, wait a minute, you might've really, really pushed me um, into thinking that this was a good idea, but like, I see through your lies and I think it's starting to become more evident. So I don't know. I just kind of went off on a rant there, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe it won't, maybe people won't do that. I don't know. I, I, I missed most of you, Rant. Um, my reception is absolutely hopeless. Um, maybe that's uh, the hotel Wi-Fi trying to give me the sign and um, to boot us off. Um, I, I think I got I caught bits and pieces of what you're saying there, and I agree. I think it's uh, it is a very unique time in history, and I think it's a time where people uh, need to actually relish the opportunity and take some self-responsibility because, like you said, Governments don't care about you and their opinions and minds are going to change very quickly. Um, like Canada was, quote, unquote, a democratic country <laughs> two weeks ago and now if you attend freedom uh, protest, you're now at um, of white supreme Bitcoin's the solution to uh, most of these problems that governments are enforcing onto us. Um, I think we really... Um, beat that horse to death yeah. um, on the importance of get, taking uh, self-custody of your Bitcoin this week anyway. Yep. Yeah, but I can't stress it enough. Um, this isn't financial advice, but uh, definitely take your coins off of exchanges. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, let's let's wrap it there. I think we got uh, a good full circle. Um, and uh, appreciate you plebs for uh, for listening and uh, joining in with us. And if you see if you see Luke out and about in um, in Los Angeles, if you're in the California area, um, make sure to uh, let him know that uh, you know he uh, he can shave his legs any day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to shave them here. That might be a custom that's in Australia only. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to comment. Oh, it's too late. Was it that I saw somebody post like uh, you. You posted a picture of of you with the book or something like that. The, you were reading the Bitcoin Standard. Yeah. And somebody said like, and, "Oh, do you shave your legs or something?" I was like, I, I was cracking up. Yeah, I know they they love they love uh, getting into me about my short shorts there on Twitter. A few of the guys know. Uh, what my uh, operating uh, apparel looks like for a day-to-day basis and it's always uh, singles and short shorts they love to remind me about it on twitter so yeah if you see me in cali and you think my shorts are too short you can come up and let me know about it um uh, i'll hey, be i look forward to the, meet any of you plebs in person this is not the podcast for financial advice or fashion advice because uh I wear Crocs with shorts and socks. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, and I'm wearing a Batman. It's all- like I'm a I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm I'm wearing a, a Batman T-shirt. Uh, yeah, so it's all about comfort. That's right. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's all about what's comfortable, whether it's uh, shaved legs that you rub together um, on those silky sheets when you go to bed <laughs> at night. That feels amazing. <laughs> or whether it's Crocs and shorts, whatever's comfortable. Short shorts and singlets. Uh, yeah, you don't come to this podcast to get your fashion advice from Corey and I. You, um, you come to get the sound advice to get Bitcoins off exchanges. Uh, all right, that's all we can help you with yeah that's all we can do for you we'll catch you guys uh, next week
See you guys.